Star Wars 7x7 episode 3158. Today, in thinking about all the trailers and social media clips from The Mandalorian, it's just getting excited about it debuting on Wednesday next week, I got to thinking about Kevin Yost, who's a senior editor at Lucasfilm, and a conversation I had with him a few years back about trailers and how they're built and all that kind of stuff. And so I thought, hey, why not revisit that? So today we're going back into the archives for a conversation with Kevin Yost from Lucasfilm. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So Kevin Yost is a senior editor at Lucasfilm. He has worked on all sorts of video content, particularly trailers and teasers. He has been working most recently on stuff for The Bad Batch, but he's also done stuff for Season 7 of The Clone Wars and earlier Seasons 2, Seasons of Resistance, and stuff for Star Wars Celebrations, including stuff for The Mandalorian. But the reason I had reached out to Lucasfilm initially to interview him was because of the Star Wars Rebels Season 3 mid-season trailer. I know that sounds like kind of a deep cut situation now, but that trailer had everything in it. It had Saw Gerrera investigating what's going on on Geonosis. It had Admiral Thrawn closing in on the Rebels. It had Sabine returning to Mandalore with the Darksaber. And on top of all of that, it had a stinger at the end with Obi-Wan Kenobi on Tatooine seeing Maul approaching and him saying, you're in the wrong place. I still get chills watching that trailer and the way that he remixed the Obi-Wan Kenobi transmission warning all the Jedi away from Coruscant, the this is a warning thing that keeps repeating throughout the trailer. Oh yeah, it's just, it's so awesome. So I was really happy to revisit this conversation and I hope that if you've been listening to the show for a long time, then you may remember it. And if not, then this is gonna be hopefully a wonderful new find for you. For this first part of the conversation, I'm gonna talk to him about how he got his start at Lucasfilm, the kinds of projects that he generally works on, styles of trailers that he creates, and the process generally of how building a trailer happens at Lucasfilm. So without further ado, here is part one of my conversation with Kevin Yost, senior editor at Lucasfilm. Kevin Yost, thank you for joining me on Star Wars 7x7. Uh, thanks for having me. So I gather you've been working with Lucasfilm for more than 10 years. I think you celebrated your 10th anniversary in October, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I did, as a matter of fact. It's, uh, it actually seems like it was yesterday. You know, there's so much has gone on in those 10 years. It, it, it really sort of flies by. And before you know it, you kind of look at the calendar and you're like, wow, I've, I've been here 10 years. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, congratulations that's been a lot of fun. on that. Excellent. Thank you very much. Do you, do you recall how you got your start? Uh, yeah. Um, when I first started, it, there was a group that sort of dealt with the documentaries and the internal pieces here. And they were looking to sort of plus that out and to move more into to direct marketing, not technically direct marketing, but get into marketing type things, trailers and things like that. And I had been doing some freelance work uh, in the Bay Area. And my real uh, had landed on the right person's desk who was a friend of the person that was starting out this department here. And he said, hey, you got to go talk to this guy. And uh, I got brought in one afternoon and was pretty much hired on the spot. So it was <laughs> pretty much a dream come true. Um, wow. Because at the time, yeah, at, at the time, 
my wife was working on the Clone Wars. And okay. I was doing, yeah, I was doing freelance editorial work, you know, here and there to sort of fill in. And, uh, and just, it just so worked out that, uh, I got a job here at Lucasfilm as well. And so it was a lot of fun. That's wonderful. And what was your wife doing on the Clone Wars? She was a coordinator for the layout. Layout is where they would have the, the scenes and mm-hmm. the, the, Layout artists would would have all of the assets, like like the assets that represented Obi Wan or yeah. Yoda or Ahsoka, and they'd sort of lay those into the scene, right? And then yeah. and into a three dimensional space, right? Yep. And then they would add cameras that they would actually shoot the Clone Wars with. So in essence, you were you were creating a three dimensional sort of playground where you could put the cameras and create the camera moves and move the assets, which were the characters or the ships or or things like that, around. And so that's how they would essentially shoot the show or pre-shoot the show. And then they would go in and refine that and then animate that and then create the show. So she was, she was involved with the guys that were doing the layout. And there's many layers to those, that production, and that was just one avenue that she was involved in. Ultimately, then, I guess your trailer work ended up um, highlighting some of the work that she was already doing because you were doing Clone Wars trailers then as well, weren't you? Right, I was. Um, uh, just to back up, she, she wasn't an artist, or she's not an artist. She was like a, a manager, a production manager, a coordinator, that kind of thing. So, gotcha. um, so But she was very much a fan of, of Star Wars and, and that show. So, yeah, so as luck would have it, I'm, I'm here, and a few months go by, and, and uh, the Clone Wars uh, movie is about to come out, and so they needed a trailer for that, so I cut a trailer for that. And I think we ended up doing two tra- theatrical trailers for that. And then as the show got into development and, and was airing, um, they needed trailers to sort of kick off various stages of the show, maybe the season two kickoff, and then maybe a, a certain moment happened in, in season two that they would want to highlight. Maybe it was the Boba Fett moment and sort of things like that. And then it just sort of snowballed from there. Then it was, okay, then we're doing a, a season three trailer for Celebration, and then there would be a mid-season trailer, and sometimes there'd be another trailer that sort of highlighted, well, this character's coming back, and we want to do that kind of thing. So it just sort of built up from there. And, as, and then as uh, Rebels was developed, I just sort of moved on into doing that for Rebels. Got it. So, aside from the trailers, are there other types of content that you're helping to develop or create at Lucasfilm? Yeah, our, our group is responsible for uh, creating the DVD online extras. Uh, for We did the Saga Blu-ray set. We did the, D, the extras that went on that DVD. Uh, we do extras that would... Uh, happen for Rogue One. So we're sort of wrapping those things up and, and putting those to bed, and eventually those will, will come out on the DVD and the Blu-ray. Um, and then there's also things, special reels that will cut for celebration, or maybe there's a licensing need or a PR need that they have something cut. So there's, it's, there's a mixture of external-facing material that we do and internal-only material that we do. So we sort of have our hands in a lot of little different things. Gotcha. That's awesome. Um, the reason why I initially reached out uh, was about the, the mid-season trailer for Rebels Season 3 that you did, okay. which, by the way, was absolutely fantastic. Well, and, thank you very much. Um, 
Oh, absolutely. Just very moving and well done. And I think the kudos that have been going around online have been just astounding and also, I guess, not unexpected. Your work has been very well regarded, I gather, for quite a while. And I'm very pleased to you know, know what's going on behind the scenes in that regard. Well, thank you. I'm wondering if you could talk a bit about um, the process, but I guess one thing I wanted to ask you first is when you're doing trailers, um, mm -hmm. is there a particular style that you have when it comes to trailer creation, or is there a particular like Lucasfilm way that things are done? I mean, I know sometimes there are trailers where it's you know almost like a three act structure. There are sometimes where it's trailers where it's you know more mysterious and you have one character narrating things while you have images and that sort of thing. Do you have a particular go to, or does Lucasfilm want to see it a certain way? I don't know if I would say Lucasfilm has a certain uh, way of, of doing something, but Star Wars at times lends itself to certain ways of, of presenting the material. Um, and, and I guess theatrically, if you were cutting a trailer theatrically, I guess there's sort of different needs than if you were to do something for a television show that, that spans 22 episodes, which is, let's say, roughly 10 hours of material. Mm -hmm. as opposed to a, a feature film, which is two to two and a half, two hours and 45 minutes worth of material that you're, you're trying to promote. So when I'm creating a trailer for the show, for Clone Wars or for Rebels, at the beginning, let's say, I may have 12 episodes to dig into. And, and those are all in various stages of development. Some are finished, some are just in rough animation, and some are in layout form. So I'll sort of pull from those things. And that's, I guess, 22 episodes. That's, that's roughly five some odd hours, or I'm sorry, uh, the 12 episodes that I would start with. I guess that's, you could probably say that's around five hours or so of, of material. So there's a, right. there's a whole big chunk of material to sort of deal with with that. So I'm, I'm diverging from the style here. So if I, if I could backtrack a bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, depending on the subject matter, like, you know, if it's, if it's a, a very serious movie, then you would probably have a trailer that sort of leans towards a very serious uh, presentation. Um, so I sort of look at the material uh, and sort of try and figure out, well, what, what are they trying to say? What is maybe marketing trying to say? And, and sort of craft it around that. I guess the best example would be with the mid-season trailer. So when we were doing that, we'll meet in a group, and let's say I'll meet with Dave and a couple other people, and we'll sort of go over what, what's going on in the second half of the season. And he'll come and he'll say, well, these are certain story beats that I really want to cover. And, and I'll take a look at the material and, and, and try and craft the trailer around those, those bits. And then as I'm watching the material, you'll start pulling... Uh, I'll start pulling material that I like and that I want to incorporate into the trailer. And as I'm doing that, I sort of begin to develop an idea of how this is going to come together. Whereas, let's say if, if the material was a lot of high action, um, lighthearted material, then that's sort of how I would sort of steer the, the trailer towards that sort of mood. But let's face it, I mean, the Rebels at this point, I mean, things are not looking too good for them. So I, I can't really, sort of being true to the material, I can't really paint it as a, a happy-go-lucky moment. There are those moments where there's, there's comedy and, and, some, and some chuckle moments and some, some cheering moments that are on the more lighthearted uh, spectrum. But the reality is, you know, they're being hunted. Um, we all sort of know what happens. And now with Rogue One, we know sort of where things tend to go. 
so I guess you know um, I guess with with a theatrical trailer you can you can come up with with sort of a, a style um, and I guess a, a recent example would be the, the Logan trailer that just came out yesterday or today that trailer you know you're definitely you know things are not don't look to be very good uh, going on in that universe and so the music sort of portrays that and this the pace of it sort of portrays that and so you try and come up with with something that's that's clever that also pushes the story along i guess if i could go back to clone wars when the boba fett when i cut a, a trailer to sort of promote the boba fett appearance i was thinking in terms of spaghetti western i was trying to think of uh you know the unnamed you know the man with the poncho on on the high plains, and that was sort of like where my brain was. So I was trying to think of music that would work like that, and then as you sort of piece it together, it sort of become has it develops a personality, and uh, and a lot of times it's the music that sort of dictates the the vibe and and the cutting style. Does that mean that Kevin Kiner provides you with a a soundtrack then, or does how does how does that integration work? Well, sometimes it's Kevin Kiner's music, and sometimes, uh, at times, it's been uh, Star Wars music. But recently on, on Rebels, it's been a mixture of, of Kevin Kiner and, and library music and composers that, that I have a relationship with. Um, for the mid-season trailer, it was a mixture of music from a gentleman by the name of David Collins, who, who might ring a bell. He yep. is a, a longtime LucasArts uh, person and he's done voiceover and characters and he's you know he's an accomplished musician so we we had had conversations for months trying to to get something done and and get something moving and uh and as luck would have it he was doing something and we were sort of going back and forth working on a couple cues and he gave me a cue and i thought oh this would be perfect for rebels and uh, so the first half of the trailer is is David Collins's music, and the second half is is library music that I've that I found. And I could spend two three days looking for music in a in a music library, pulling you know upwards of a hundred cues, trying to find something that works. Maybe I'll use twenty seconds of one cue, and then maybe I'll use a couple moments from another cue, and then I'll go back to this twenty seconds of a of a third cue. So it. it it really sort of becomes a, a collaboration of different cues to sort of create this whole moment. And this makes you a very multi-talented guy. I don't think I realized that you were, you know, working on music and putting all of that together and essentially, I guess, orchestrating the music for the trailers I, well, as well. I'm not a musician. I can, I can tell a musician, like, hey, can you make it sound like this? Or I need a little bit more of, of, of this element or that element. But <laughs> I'm, by, I'm by no means a, a musician. So but, um, I'll leave that to the David Collins and the Kevin Kiners of the world. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there will be moments uh, for going back to last season in Rebels when we did the, the season finale and it was dealing with Ahsoka um, or the mid-season trailer last year. Um, that was Kevin Kiner's music, and we had been in conversation with him to sort of develop some music and give us something that we could use for that. And uh, and he had given us music, and I and I guess it ended up being incorporated into the show, or it was actually cues that he was already working on for the show, and we ended up using it. And and those are some really fantastic pieces of music. So I've been really fortunate to to be able to deal with 
with Kevin Kiner and, and John Williams and, and David Collins and, and a really good library to pull from. That's excellent. So let me take you back to um, something that you mentioned about the starting point of a project like this. Um, you said that you uh -huh. met with Dave and some others to talk about what's going on in the season and story beats and so forth. And Dave, in um, a Star Wars Insider magazine interview, he called this the Empire Strikes Back season of Rebels. So um, yeah. assuming that you're looking at 12 episodes and some of them are finished and others are not, you can only really use content from the ones that are finished, correct? Yeah, it, it becomes a combination of that. And if basically when I cut the trailer, I will use anything. And then basically hmm. we'll, we'll pull it back from there. It's like, well, that shot's not going to be finished or that moment's not going to be finished, so let's not go there. When I meet with Dave at, at the beginning, we'll go over some certain moments where he says, there's no way these shots or this episode's going to get finished, but we do have this one shot from this episode that's really good, so you can use that. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of dialogue, dialogue is recorded so far in, in advance that I can use any bit of dialogue from those episodes. I just can't. I don't always have full reign to use shots from episodes. And those are typically the latter episodes. So if it's a if it's a trailer that starts off the season, I'll have, again, about 12 episodes that I can pull from, but let's just say that the first seven are at a, at a point where I know I'll get every single shot from those episodes that I could use. And then from 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, it's sort of a, a piecemeal uh, bit where I can maybe pull shots from, from one episode and maybe I only get two shots from a certain episode. So that sometimes... Uh, comes into play on how I, I structure things. Because some of those latter episodes are important, but I can't really create a trailer around those. So I sort of have to sort of do a song and dance maneuver <laughs> around those. And that the great thing about Star Wars and Star Wars fans is that, is that if there are moments in those latter episodes and I only have one shot and let's just say it's the shot of the hammerhead coming, you know, flying into frame, I can use it because it gets me a lot of mileage out of it because it's showing this ship that may not have been present in the Star Wars universe, but it, it helps sort of push the, the myth of, of, of rebels and, and whatnot along, along down the road. And it has a special weight in particular with the hammerhead now because it was introduced previously in Rebels. And then, of course, it had a very memorable scene in Rogue One as well. So it almost has this cachet. There's an emotional value already connected to it that even if you just show a moment of it, it's enough right. for you to get that punch. Right. And and it's it's things like uh, the obvious thing with, with Thrawn gets me a ton of mileage out of that. Um but but little things where it could even just be something that, that you're totally familiar with. So when shows like Rebels would pull from from Legends and bring it into to canon, like the Hammerhead, like Thrawn, you know, it, it's really nice to sort of throw those in there, even though, I mean, granted, Thrawn, we had a big moment with him, but with, with the Hammerhead, you could just sort of toss it in there really quick and people will go, aha, you know, I see what's going on there. So those are those are cool moments to do, especially as a fan, to sort of sprinkle those in there when I can. Um, and some, obviously, we, we hold close to the chest because we don't want to reveal, reveal those until the actual episode airs. 
So going back to your question, yes, I have a large amount of episodes to pull from, but I don't always have everything in those episodes to pull from. And I can sort of lobby, like, well, can I get this shot taken, uh, you know, sort of sped up through the pipeline, and can we get that shot? So there's a, there's a fair amount of shots in the mid-season trailer that are from the latter part of, of the season that are taken from, from shows that just have layout and there's not final animation or they're just getting to, to the animation point, but they haven't been lit or there's no uh, color grade done to them. So we sort of try and pick and choose and we meet and we go, well, this shot is going to be finished so we can go ahead with that. And then there's easily half a dozen shots in an earlier version of the trailer that weren't going to be ready. So I had to find substitutes for those or I had mm-hmm. to cut around it when I had to drop a, drop a moment and, and sort of create a different moment and, and do that. So it's a little bit of, you know, give and take and trying to figure out what's going to work. But when I start, I get ideas from Dave, how he, how, like the, the moment where we're starting with, with Ezra waking up and he's dreaming that he, you know, he thinks that he's dreaming that he hears uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. That whole scene was an idea from Dave. Dave says, Hey, I had, there's this moment where, where this, the, this thing is going on. You know, you could start out the trailer that way. And I'm like, ah, okay, that's great. Cause it's always sort of tricky to find an in, like, how are we going to get into this and sort of use something that springboards us into the rest of the trailer. And that was great because when he was talking about what it was and I went, Oh yeah, he says warning. And then I was thinking in my head, warning, warning. And then it just sort of clicked. Like I could make that almost like a, like a klaxon uh, alarm and sort of feather that through the whole trailer. And that's sort of how that came out. And then, um, when he was saying surviving Jedi, that was just a moment where I like, okay, of course I'm going to use that echoed out at the very end or when I, when I bring in the Obi-Wan moment. So things just, sometimes there's, there's this serendipitous moment that you can take advantage of, and there's other moments that you're sort of creating intentionally. I love so was, what you said about taking that um, idea of the warning thing and using it as a klaxon, and that's it almost, again, ties in with Rogue One, and it seems like there's almost a conscious feathering of Rebels in Rogue One as Rebels continues in its timeline and approaches the space of Rogue One. Is there, mm-hmm. is there something like that in your brain as well? Are you thinking about how you know, Rogue One touches any of these things at all? Yeah. Or is and, it unconscious, that, as it were? I do, but I, I also you know, I have to be careful not to, to tip my hand too much and keep people interested. So utilizing Saw was important. And I didn't want to dig too much into to who he was because it was also one of those things where I knew it was an early episode for the second half, so we would sort of, you know, it's not something that will carry the whole trailer. But if I can sort of spring, you know, if I could sprinkle these moments of Saw throughout, I can sort of develop the vibe of, of Rogue One, especially where we see them sort of talking. They, I can't really say Death Star because they don't know that it's a Death Star, but if I can sort of hint that they're looking at something and, and you know, they hope that it's not too late and that they're fighting for, for people not to lose what they already have, those types of things. And that, that goes a long way into sort of, uh, like you said, feathering into Rogue One. And, and I guess maybe subconsciously the, the Klaxon sort of came about 
because of Rogue One. I don't know. It just it was one of those things where I was we were sitting there in the meeting and I was like, oh, I can do this with this, and it just sort of developed. And I said, well, if I echo it out, it can it can play underneath the thing, and it sort of adds another layer of of dread, hopefully, to the whole piece. It's beautifully done, honestly. It is very well done, and yeah, I absolutely agree with you. The sense of dread in it is palpable for sure. And when you mentioned the bow, that's, that's good because right by the time <laughs> it gets out there, I've probably looked at it 250 times, and so the impact of it gets lost on me. So to to know that 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 whole concept that I had worked is it makes me feel good because oh. I look at it so often. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of think, well, does that even have any impact anymore? Does that even mean anything? <laughs> so that's good to know. All right, we're going to pause the conversation right there, and we will pick up with the rest of it tomorrow. For now, though, it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the show, as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.